With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. Welcome. This is Brooke Folk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the ebook Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud. What you're about to hear on this episode of Revelation of Revelation has never been revealed before now in this audio format. Listen now as we introduce this evening's program topic on this one-of-a-kind program where Scripture speaks the truth through the in-depth Scripture studies of Ken Vernon. And remember, when directing your browser to our website, revelationofrevelation.com, if you haven't already, you can place your order for your copy in the ebook or printed versions, also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other book sites. Revelation of Revelation, a total fraud. And now the author, Ken Vernon, and today's Revealed Truth Explained. Good evening, Ken. Good evening, Brooke. Good evening, everyone. We welcome you for coming. If you're a first-time listener tonight, I will remind all as well as you that the focus of this program is to bring you always the truth. Messiah, in the Gospels we are told that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by the Messiah. Messiah told Pontius Pilate at his trial that one of the reasons he came into this world was to bear witness to the truth. In another scripture, he said, I am the way, the life, and the truth. And so on, and so on. The truth is always emphasized. So, if you are bored, with this kind of programming, then this program is not for you. But the first fruits, or the church, if you will, cannot be sanctified by lies. In the Messiah's prayer in John chapter 17, he said, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So again, more scriptures to substantiate the truth all the way. He said to the people who believed in him, the average Joe person like you and I, he says, if you continue in my words, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So, having said that, tonight I will show you something that is a real treat. Never have we divulged this information before on any of our previous programs. I'm sure you have all read Genesis chapter 1. You have read Genesis chapter 2. 
Tonight, I will share with you a very little known problem that exists in the book of Genesis by the people who tampered with your Bible. Let me read that to you from chapter 2 of Genesis. And it says, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow. This is from the King James, by the way. Made the Lord God to grow. Every tree that is pleasant to the sight. And good for food. All the trees in the garden now are good for food. You haven't heard too much emphasis on that. But I'll make that clear to you tonight. It continues. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden was also a tree that was good, that had fruits that were good for food, as well as the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, it's very strange that the tree of life appears for the first time in Genesis at that point. But later, after they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, here is what the Messiah said to them, or what the Creator said to them. He says, because this is one God to the other God now, in the Garden of Eden. He said, because you have eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We're going to throw you out. Lest you will put forth your hand and eat also of the tree of life and live forever. Now, once you leave that passage from Genesis and you continue going through the rest of the scriptures from Genesis all the way to the last valuable book in your Bible. There is no mention about the tree of life, the tree that can give you eternal life. That's what it says right here in Genesis. Lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and live forever. In the flesh, the Bible clearly teaches every that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. Flesh and blood cannot have eternal life. But according to what's written here in Genesis, had Adam and Eve taken off the tree of life, they could have lived forever in the flesh. Do you believe that? Well, if you do, that's contrary to what the rest of the Bible Resurrection of the dead is what this is all about. The Apostle Saul, Saul rather, to the church in Corinth, reminded the church, he says, If the dead rise not, eat and drink, for tomorrow you die. That is absolutely perfectly clear. It goes on to show us that the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and the first fruits, the church, will become one with the Creator. 
I'll pause at that point, and I'll take you to the next place where the tree of life appears in your Bible. And lo and behold, it's found in Revelation. <laughs> the tree of life returns in Revelation. And this you will find very, very interesting. But the tree of life, Revelation 22 and verse 2. <laughs> Here is what we find written in Revelation 22 and verse 2. In the midst of the street of it is the new, the new Jerusalem now. It says, on either side of the river, the of life. This is very strange because previously it was, I'll go back to the 20, read it for you, it says, somebody needs to mute their mic there. <laughs> Revelation 20 in verse 11 says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place for them. So where are they Act next? Why? Where are they at this point that they are no longer on the earth because the former earth and the heavens had passed away? Now, if the former earth has passed away. How is it that when we come to verse 22, we find in this supposedly new earth where everything is supposed to be perfect, we have the tree of life. But catch this. The tree of life in Revelation actually has 12 manner of fruits growing from it. And here is the clincher for you. It says in Revelation 22 and verse 2. In the midst of the tree of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. But everybody is spirit being at this point in time. There are no more mortals. He said the former earth and the former heaven was passed away. And there was no place found for them. So here is mass confusion right here in the book of Revelation that shows you that the people who wrote this nonsense really, <laughs> really lost their marbles when they concocted this nonsense. Here it goes on to say, verse 3, And there shall be no more curse, 
But the throne of God and of the Lamb of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants will serve him. And they shall see his face. There shall be no more night there. There shall be no candle, no light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. How strange is this? Reigning over what? The former things have passed away, it says. It tells us, it says, in, uh, let me just back up a little bit for you. In Revelation 20, it says, Blessed and holy is he that has part in, part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no more power. But they shall be priests of God in Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, catch this now, Satan will be turned loose once more. Once more. Here is what happens to him. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. But the former heaven and the former earth gets moved away now. Catch this. So I don't know where they, since they are gone forever, where this lake of fire will continue to its existence. In verse 11 of chapter 20, it says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no more place for them. But then it... <laughs> It continues, it goes on to tell us about the tree of life. Later, after the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, there is no more need for them, because now, he says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, 21 verse 1, for the first heaven and earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now he sees the Holy Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, which heaven are we talking about at this time? The former heaven and the former earth was passed away. This, according to verse 1, is a new heaven and a new earth. There's a new Jerusalem that comes down. He says, continuing in verse 3, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and he shall be with them and be their God. Catch this now. These people are still mortals here. It goes on. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. But, when we come to Revelation 22, we read this new heaven, supposedly, and this new earth. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and out of the Lamb. Allegedly, at this point, from the new heaven and the new earth. In verse 2, it says, In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, 
Remember the tree of life in Genesis? Well, here it is according to Revelation again. In the new heaven and the new earth. Did you catch that? The tree of life is coming into the place where there are no more, all the former things have passed away, we are told, in Revelation in the beginning of verse 21. All the way, let me read it again for you. It's best that I do that. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. But now, we come to Revelation 22, and it tells us in the midst of the street of it, and on the other side of the river, was there a tree of life. What is the purpose of a tree of life here? Catch this. He says, which has twelve manner of fruits, and they yielded their fruits every month. And here is the, the most despicable lie that you can find from one chapter here to the next. It says, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. What nations? What healing? He has just wiped away all tears from their eyes. He says, no more pain, no more crying, no more sorrow, no more death. So why do we need a tree of life along this river that is put there, not the fruits now, the leaves are used for the healing of the nations? Here, once again, as we make very clear at the beginning of all our broadcasts, we are totally and wholly dedicated to bringing our listeners the truth. Messiah said, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Without sanctification, the church, without the truth, sorry, Sanctification does not come to the church. Without sanctifications, you cannot join the Creator where it says, This mortal shall put on immortality. This corruptible must put on incorruption. From 1 Corinthians 15. Because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven. Flesh and blood cannot go on into eternal life as we are told in Genesis that the tree of life was there, had Adam and Eve taken of the fruit of it, according to that narrative, they would have continued to live forever in the flesh as mortals. Catch that confusion. I hope you see it. If you don't, go to a blog, pour your heart out, ask all the questions you like, and we will answer them for you. And now we'll take a, a question from Brooke, or from anyone else, that matter. Okay, this is Brooke reminding you, you're listening to Revelation of Revelation.com, uh, the website, Revelation of Revelation, the ebook and the printed version, a total fraud. What I wanted to ask, Ken, is from the traditions of men, your knowledgeable weekly Christian fellowship that more and more churches are beginning to understand people are not in attendance like they were back in the day. Many people have asked, why are they staying away from churches? 
they blame it on the future, uh, past rather generation, the the current generation, the moms and dads were loosely defined in going to church for them, moms and dads in the past generation, and it's being passed down as something that's not important or there's something else stirring. And given that some casual thought, I'm just thinking to uh, internally we have this conscience mind, and if we were pledged to a church or organization other than weddings and funerals, for example, or an occasional Bible school, why don't we just steadfast believe and go and bring our children? Well, just talking for myself and others that I've talked to about this subject, they go to a church, but they don't believe what they're hearing. They have this internal conscience guide telling them this all can't be literal truth, yet they must hush. They can't pass these thoughts on to others in the congregation. But when they do leak it, the other party would say, you know what, I feel the same. But they continue to go, they continue to tithe, and it gives them good thoughts and feelings of fellowship as a social Facebook of traditional religion. There's nothing, I guess, wrong with that if you just understand that there is something that's being tugged at you and saying something's wrong. And basically, that's what Ken and I bring to you is that it is a lapse of honesty in the scriptures that man has tampered with. I want to give you an example. Ken has long ago, and you can go to the archives and listen to the program on hell. Let's talk about hell just a little bit. And this is something that I read recently. Not everybody uh, will believe what I'm mentioning, but this particular author of a, I must mention his name and from the book that I've taken this little bit of passage from, is Rob Bell. Now, he's a New York Times bestseller. He has a couple books out. One of them happens to be Love Wins, a book about heaven, hell, and the fate of every person who ever lived. Okay, that's uh, got my attention, so I did pick that up. On page 71, you will read about, well, it goes back to page 70. Chapter 3 is where it's found. And in here, it talks about hell. We all feel there's some burning place. That's what tradition has taught us over the years. But several years ago, he was getting ready to speak in San Francisco, and there were protesters outside because of the message he's going to talk about. And there was a T-shirt in one of the protesters that a picture was snapped of, and he saw later, but it says, Turn or Burn. Turn toward Christ, in other words, or burn eternal damnation in hell. That's kind of what most believe. I think you agree with me in that. Well, anyway, that sums it up. The fury, the wrath, the fire, the torment, the judgment, the eternal agony, endless anguish. That's what we're taught, is it not? Well, that's all part of the story. You just trust God, accept Jesus, confess, repent, and everything will go well for you. But if you don't, well, the Bible is quite clear. Sin, refuse to repent, harden your heart, reject Jesus, and when you die, it's over. Or actually, the torture and anguish and eternal torment will have uh, just begun. 
is that what Jesus taught? Well, to answer that question in this book, uh, he went and picked out about every single verse in the Bible in which we actually find the word hell. And it's uh, in the Hebrews, of course, scriptures, there isn't an exact word or concept for hell other than a few words that refer to death and the grave. So yeah, one of them is Sheol, S-H-E-O-L. You've heard of this, I'm sure. A dark, mysterious, murky place people go to when they die. As in Psalm 18, the cords of Sheol entangled me. And there's also mentions of depths, as in Psalms 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths of the pit. And there are a few references of the realm of the dead, as in Psalm 16, for example. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me in the realm of the dead. But as far as meanings go, that's the extent of what we find in the Hebrew Scriptures. So what what do we learn here? Well, we all have been told about this hell, and you're kind of referring to us that it really isn't supposed to be in there. Well, let me see. I'm going to go forward another page or two. There is some other words that they call Hades is one too. Let me mention that in your scriptures. But the cool thing is this author, Rob Bell Love Wins, is very simply preaching something or in his words that there isn't a hell that we know about. And Ken Vernon has had this on this program. And Ken, for the remainder of the program, I think that it was something that I was inspired to find. Other people realized that that is a misnomer, a word, a deceit, deception. And uh, pick it up and go from there in our remaining minutes, if you would, please. Okay. Very good. Uh, this is a nice subject. Perhaps we will continue it in our next program as well, because it's it's very well worth every effort on our part since we are dedicated to bringing our listeners the truth. But very quickly tonight, I will tell you this. The word hell that you find written anywhere in your Bible was put there by people who tampered with the book. They took the writings of Greek poets, uh, the Origen and the other guy, Dante, with his inferno. That nonsense does not come from Scripture. There is no place called hell. You cannot go to your Bible, to your concordance, and find a place where hell exists anywhere. Genesis clearly tells us that in the beginning, the mighty ones created the heavens and the earth. He did not create any place called hell, named hell, designated hell, where the wicked go when they are dying. Funny, Brooke, that you should bring this up tonight. I listened to the governor of South Carolina yesterday, and she made mention of the fact that the people who were brutally murdered in cold blood are now in heaven. That is a teaching, folks that has come to us from Christianity. Christianity 
does not come from the scriptures. Christianity is the work of people in Rome. It's been there, it was nurtured, it was put forward by Roman Emperor Constantine, who made sure that he collected everything scripture-related or related to the, the events of the first century in Jerusalem. And between him and his Pontifex Maximus people, they came up with the Textus Receptus, which is actually a version of the New Covenant writings in the Greek language that they tampered with severely. They added 10 books, no less than 10 books, to those writings with all the junk in them that Christianity has taught everyone from the dawn of Christianity. It's something very important that everyone should remember. You and I live in an enlightened age. We live in a time when knowledge just explodes on a daily basis as many journey to and fro, as we are told in the book of Daniel, when the end would come. People centuries ago did not have access, not even not all that long ago, a couple of centuries ago before a general sort of school systems began to be put in place. This is something very new. The world has never been educated as it is today. So, again, you must go back, do some research on your own. Look for yourself. You will see that the word hell in your Bible is used to replace the, she the Hebrew sheol, which means grave, and to replace the Greek Hades, which means grave. Neither thing is hell. The governor last night who said those people are in heaven, that's a dirty lie. I can take you to South Carolina now and I, I'll find those people in a morgue or in a funeral home. They didn't go anywhere. They're still here with us until they are buried. And that's where all the dead go, into the grave. No one goes to hell. Absolutely no one, from Hitler to Joseph Stalin to Lenin to all the bad guys throughout history. They're all in their grave, along with all the good, good guys. In Ecclesiastes, we're told there's one event to all, to the righteous and the unrighteous, all Go to the grave, everyone, a place where you know nothing, where nothing is happening, you have no knowledge. That's what Ecclesiastes tells us. There is no knowledge, there is no wisdom, there is no work, there is no device in the grave where we go. The Messiah, when he died, proved that for everyone to see. He died, he gave up the spirit, he was taken by his people and put in a grave where he waited the resurrection of the dead. He did not go to heaven. He did not go to hell. His spirit, on the other hand, returned to the creator who gave it. Ecclesiastes also teaches us that. The earth, the dust, returns to the earth from which it was taken. And the spirit returns to the creator who gave it. Our creator gave us a spirit that was with him from eternally, eternity past when we come into this world. And when we die, he takes it back. 
He keeps a record of our existence with that spirit. Because when you're resurrected, that spirit will be right there, and you are going to give account of everything you've ever done for your life long. The good, the in-between, and the evil. So again, we'll continue this program next week, and I'll show you all the passages in your Bible that clearly tells you that the dead knows not anything. The Messiah did not know anything when he went to his grave, where he waited three days and three nights for his resurrection. The book of Thank Hebrews. you, Ken. Go ahead, bro. I was going to say, go ahead and continue. Finish up with that. Uh, our time is over for this evening. Yeah. I'm done. You can go. We'll do oh, okay. It. Next week, then, you heard Mr. Vernon say that then we'll continue with this topic. But on today's program, author of Revelation of Revelation, Ken Vernon, presented the proof of scriptures to reveal the truth of scriptures that have eluded us for millennia because it was not intended to be revealed until this time. So seeking to learn the truth is what brought you to these programs. You're invited to, of course, go to our talk show format and Listen to their their timeless, any of our 50 episodes that we have now recorded. This episode will be archived shortly after we finish. And we welcome you back next week. Visit the website, revelationofrevelation.com, and to order your copy of Ken's ebook, Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud, and also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Just put in the title or Kenrick, K-E-N-R-I-C-K, Vernon, as the author, and you will be taken right to that printed version. Until the next time, this is Brooke Folk, assistant writer to Ken Vernon, saying good evening, and thank you for joining Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.